Europeans into a new Europe. The podcast about inspiring projects all over Europe with Jana, Jose, Paula, Roxana. So hello, hi, uh, my name is Roxana and today the new episode of our podcast, European into a Europe, we talk about a little bit about Ecology, yes. Let's talk, talk with Hugo, who is connected with European Solidarity Network. But today we will talk more about wetlands. So, hi, Hugo. Uh, hi, Roxana. It's nice to meet you again. It's, it's been a long time, but it's always good to see you. And uh, yeah, my name is Hugo, and I'll talk a little about youth engaging wetlands and uh, what are wetlands. So yes, please introduce us a little bit this organization. What is that? What uh, do you do in this organization? And who can be participated in this organization? So, Youth Engaging Wetlands, as the name says, it's youth, uh, youth that really likes wetlands. <laughs> and, uh, it's a network that wants to connect uh, youth around the world that uh, works, that lives, or that just likes wetlands and nature in general. So we try to connect them and uh, also to empower them, to help in their works or in their studies, to provide them opportunities, and also to promote the wise use of wetlands by the, by the local population and the national governments. It basically, it's uh, where youth can get together and uh, for a common passion that are wetlands. Uh, sounds great. So Sounds amazing. But Fugo, please. Say me a little bit what it's wetlands. <laughs> I tried to prepare myself from Wikipedia, but it could be, for me, it was a, a little bit hard. So can you explain us a little bit? What is that? And maybe examples of, of uh, this ecosystem? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really easy. If you have a piece of land with, uh, with water, it's a wetland, more or less. Well, it's a little more complicated than that, but uh, it's that. And it's easily, uh, it's many times considered as a transition place of uh, water and land. But for me, it's also a transition place of people and the nature. It's a place where humans get together with the birds, with the fish, uh, either for their daily life or just for to enjoy nature in general. So for me, it's really that combination of all the different uh, worlds, the nature, the people, the uh, industry coming together. So I have a question. It's a special human, wetlands human, like uh, the humans who love wetlands or living near wetlands are very specific for you. They have uh, some interesting, you know, hobbies, in, you know, because you said about this, it's interesting for me. <laughs> Uh, as I said, there are really different type of wetlands. The, the most known are the swamps, but you also have the lagoons. You also even have corals. They are also considered uh, wetlands. So of course, some are really uh, nature protected and there's no people around. But then you have a lot of them that the indigenous communities still live in these wetlands and in their old ways and in the the commute with nature, they live to, together with nature. And then you have some more um, wetlands that are more integrated in the... And then you have some uh, wetlands that are in more uh, developed places. For example, even close to Lisbon, you have a, a big wetland, uh, the Suari of Tagus, where people in one side, you have the big city of Lisbon with all that comes with the big city, all the big buildings, all the people, 
And then just next to it, you have a place where the flamingos and other birds are enjoying their Pacific life. Mm. So, yes, please. <laughs> yeah. So you have, you have those types. You have people that go for wetlands uh, just to enjoy nature, to run or to do bird watching, things like that. Uh, there are some wetlands that you can't go because the, they are protected and reserved for the young animals. And then you have wetlands where people still live there. It's their life and uh, they, need, they need to live there to, to survive, to get food or to get shelter, all of those things. Other important things about wetlands is that uh, they have a lot of biodiversity. So there are a lot of different birds, different fish, different mammals that depends of these places. And uh, the destruction of uh, wetlands can le lead to the extinction of a lot of different species. Even uh, small wetlands, like some in Portugal, birds that are coming from the, from the Netherlands, from England, from Iceland, they are flying, they are tired, they stop here to get some fuel, and then they keep going to, to Africa. So uh, they really have a multi variated role and uh, they help a lot of different uh, things happening not just for humans but also for animals so, so you show us a little bit why we need to protect wetlands once hand the human like human life our good health but also second even for the birds even it's stopped <laughs> by some uh, species so could you say a little bit more about protecting wetlands generally? Maybe uh, your work, maybe uh, work of organization, uh, why we should protect? You said, but for, mm -hmm. for what dangerous are faces yeah. of wetlands now? So uh, the difficult part of talking about wetlands is, is that they are so diverse, there are so many different types. So. First of all, I think we should uh, adapt to the wetland we have at hand. What type of wetland it is, uh, what is the what exists around the wetland, what does what animals live in that wetland, what ecosystem service uh, are part of that wetland. So, so some wetlands, it's that we we can touch them. They are fundamental for a, a lot of different species or ecosystems. So we really need to make them a no-go zone or uh, really well protected. Some, um, there are important ecosystem service that we get from wetlands or uh, livelihood, like I, I told you about the indigenous communities. So we need to find ways of um, people can still live because of the wetland and they can still take service from the wetland, but we need to find ways on how they can do it without destroying the wetland. How can we get a synergy between the people and the, that wetland? And uh, yeah, and uh, I also think are important places even for uh, ecotourism, but uh, with care and uh, with minds where people can go to see more wild, uh, wild nature and wild animals and feel that connection with them uh, in some restricted places and uh, yeah, to to see why we should protect and be engaged on their protection. Hmm. So you said about this um, balance between human and <laughs> ecology, uh, um, how to say biology and how we should looking for, for, for this balance and how we, uh, how it's diversity of wetlands. So I understand that you've ex uh, engaged in the wetlands, you just talk each other about your experience about the wetlands and 
try figure out <laughs> what's what's you can uh, ask to government to ask for local politics ask for the local people or maybe do you're doing something different so maybe let's talking a little mm -hmm. bit about this youth engage in wetlands how how it's work yeah. one of the big issues about wetlands as well is there's lack of education and awareness about it I have a background in uh, biology and ecology, and even studying so many years uh, biology, I didn't know very well what are wetlands. Even now I'm still learning what are wetlands and why they are important. But uh, when I finished my studies, after I went to do a volunteer experience of the European Solidarity Corps uh, in south of France, Camargue, and there, that's a major wetland in France also known as the flamingo land, where a lot of birds like the flamingos breed and uh, we work with them. I went to the nests, so I fell in love with all the birds, all the life that is around the wetlands. Uh, and I started to, I wanted to keep working on wetlands to learn more about them. And uh, uh, when I started sharing my story, I came across youth engaging in wetlands. And I found about all the cool work they do with uh, other youth and all their campaigns. And uh, I sh they shared my story. I started to give some talks in their events. And now I'm their uh, European Regional Coordinator uh, for Youth Engaging Wetlands. And uh, I'm more involved in uh, organizing youth forums for other uh, youth. I can talk a little about it after if you want. And um, we also have a big role in the Ramsar Convention. So the Ramsar Convention is um, basically um, a convention to protect the wetlands internationally. And uh, we believe that uh, this convention could be, it, it would be important to have the voice of youth on it, to have the passion, to have the, this connection. Because a lot of times the convention works on paper, but it fails to connect with the local population, for the population see why it's important to respect the convention or how the convention can help the local population or other youth. So we, we think it would be important to involve youth on it. And uh, we last, um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, November, there was a convention of the parties and we were there and we succeeded that our, uh, our, our uh, resolution was passed and basically it's a resolution where the convention will involve more youth, will have a position for youth in the convention and they will promote the contracting parties, the national governments, to also have that care in youth education, opportunities or engagement. So uh, to, <laughs> to make it short, uh, I'm in the different stages of uh, working with Latins. I'm in the field with the birds, collecting data and uh, doing bird watching. Then I'm also doing the analysis and trying understanding what's happening and uh, uh, contributing for the understanding of wetlands and to help in constructing advoc advocacy laws or, uh, or protect conservation. And uh, finally, recently, I'm also involved in the discussion, in the negotiations of uh, these conventions and uh, of these uh, uh, advocacies. So yeah, it's, I, I almost went the full course at the moment. <laughs> so I have a, a few questions, a very short question. Yeah. Uh, because it's interesting for me, because on every level you meet, for example, in the grant or uh, you met with the local people, for example, on this 
uh, more, for example, European <laughs> level or world level, you just meet with the people who make this convention, who make these documents and so on. How is React? Because you mentioned a little bit that some people, mostly don't people don't care or not, maybe not don't care, but not thinking about the protecting wetlands. Um, how it's changed, uh, how your activities a little bit change of the situation or change or maybe I just imagine that you you work on the ground and some local person came to you and for example fish something fish some fish <laughs> who are not very good to uh, that for example should be protected and you said hey maybe we can just you know this fish is very important for for example flamingos and maybe mm -hmm. you can change this fish or we can talk uh, each other how to make fish more <laughs> to to flamingos and to you guys I don't know, I imagine like this, maybe it's naive. Actually, I, I consider myself lucky that uh, I met a lot of local people in the different places I went, even in Tunisia. And uh, a, a lot of them, if uh, you don't engage them aggressively or what are you doing or you can't do that, uh, if you just go and talk with them, they are actually quite happy to talk with you and to discuss about uh, the bird life and they start oh before there was here these there was more water here there were more birds there so even then they realize and uh, when you talk with them and make them understand yeah maybe now there are less birds here because uh, people took too much water for the agriculture and they lost the, their place to live and they start to uh, think about it and some of them uh, start to try to find solutions with, with you. So I'm very apologetic that we should collaborate, we should talk with people and uh, a lot of people are, are quite uh, engaged and happy to discuss with me. Of course some people meet me that they are more or oh, here comes ecologists saying what I can or not to do but uh, uh, it, it, it's quite rare and even those, if you joke a little with them and if you talk a little with them, you, you can uh, achieve to it. And um, a, a lot of people just approach me. Sometimes I'm with my telescope, uh, they, they think, uh, some, some might think I'm crazy, but others come to me and they ask what I'm doing and they ask more questions about it. So it, it's quite nice. I must say sometimes it's harder to talk with politicians or with people in the laws than the local people because uh, even when I went to these conventions, people can see me in the podcast, but I have a lot of beard and big hair, so I, I, I can look <laughs> not, not very fancy. <laughs> they, they look at me, what he is doing here, this is not his place. And uh, they seem like scared of what I'm going to say, that uh, I'm going all critical about the politician as well and saying they are not doing enough or that they are better, etc. Uh, again, uh, I approach them with a very collaborative uh, speech and I try to talk with them and have a con conversation. And people react very well when you talk about something you love or you talk something you believe, when you actually have a conversation. So the next time I saw those people, they are also quite happy to see me and they approach me. Yeah, yeah that's it. It's, it's a, a hard job sometimes and very uh, depressive when you think how bad things are. 
But at the same time, maybe I was lucky, I met a lot of people, both in local communities and uh, in high places, making the laws and all of it. That uh, make me hopeful and see that there are a lot, a lot of people doing a lot of work to try to make things better. And uh, we should help them. Oh, okay. So um, I want to ask you um, about two things. You said, you mentioned a little bit about Ramsar. Yes, I just yeah, say yeah. Uh, Ramza. <laughs> so, uh, what is the next uh, plan for the youth uh, engaged in wetlands, in working to protect mm -hmm. wetlands? And maybe one thing in your work on the field, what is your uh, personal goal in the wetlands? Like, not personal job, uh, job uh, goal in the wetlands for next. Uh, uh, future for, for this yeah. year. So uh, Ramsar just had their conference of the parties and now they will start the, the new cycle and uh, prepare uh, to work on what was decided and to prepare the, the, the next topics to tackle. And uh, Youth Engaging Wetlands wants to be involved in the process. Uh, um, of course, the ones more interesting for youth or to, to have more impact in youth lives. Uh, so we'll, we'll be involved with the convention the best we can. Things are still uh, starting, so it's hard to say mm -hmm. how exactly. But uh, as I said, people at the, at the secretary of Ramsar and even the a lot of different countries seem very happy that youth is being involved and th they want to develop things together with us. Personally, for my job, I'm also a PhD student, so it would be good to finish my PhD. <laughs> I'm working with uh, uh, Eurasian Spoonbill um, migration and local movements. Uh, it's, a, it's a really cool bird that has a bill that looks like a spatula or a soup. Uh, <laughs> soup uh, I, uh, how do you say spoon? Soup spoon? <laughs> spoon milk. <yeah. laughs> uh, so yeah, it'll be good to to finish my PhD and to contribute to understanding of this species and maybe in conservation. And then uh, in youth engaging wetlands, um, I also organized the youth forums for the East Atlantic Flyway. Basically, uh, we organized this with the Wade and Sea Secretary and WWT. And uh, the point is to connect youth from the different countries of uh, this flyway that basically follows the Atlantic in, in Europe and uh, Africa and to uh, tackle their needs and to, uh, yeah, to, to give them new skills. For example, uh, last year, uh, the forum was about fundraising. So we had 30 different young people from Senegal, from France, to participating and uh, they learn how to uh, apply to grants. And we had a training uh, telling them uh, some tips. We had some young people sharing their experience and some people that um, are the jury of those grants to say, okay, when I read a grant, we look for this, this, this type of things that really attracts me. And the best thing of all is in the end, we had a special grant where the participants could apply and we actually fund six projects that uh, I think all of them happen in Africa. And uh, it was really good. With just a weekend of training, they managed to, to, to build their own project and to apply it. Uh, we, we just released, or the Wednesday just released the report about it. You should check it out. It was really impressive what they do, what they did with such little training.
small question. Uh, it's generally there are biologists or just local activists or just different kind of people like local activists, biologists, or I don't know, <laughs> students, uh, high school uh, populists. Or... Like, like the wetlands, it's also very diverse. Of course, there's a, a lot of uh, biologists um, coming to these forums, but there's also a lot of artists uh, s some people that um, that are more into advocacy or some people that just like nature, some people that just uh, their city is in, next to a wetland and they just love that place so they are interested in it. There's really a lot of people that uh, just want to do something for their community and for their village. So it's not close to a specific type of people. It's, it's really different young people that uh, uh, take a different thing from from the same so from the same site from the same wetland. For me, the wetland is maybe it's the birds. For you, it's the fish. For others, it's just a sunset. But it's a common passion that we all share. I think I want to ask you a two short question. Yeah. The end. I, I give too many. Uh, too many. My replies are too long. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's so so nice. I'm so so glad. I'm so happy to hear you. But uh, maybe three questions. Yeah, sure. First of this question is, what is the best, uh, better birds, flamingo or spoonbills? Which for you? <laughs> <laughs> mm, that's a hard one because. I really like flamingos. I really like them dancing the Michael Jackson and uh, their their movements. Like <laughs> they they are so funny. But uh, uh, I don't know. I, I really have a deep connection with uh, spoonbills. First, because I almost gave up on science, and uh, working with spoonbills made me uh, win again this passion for science, this passion for birds that I uh, never thought it exists. And uh, it's also because uh, I really work the full life cycle of the spoonbills. I go to the nests uh, when they are small eggs, and uh, I take measurements of the eggs, I see how many eggs hatch, then I mark the birds, I take the weight, uh, I put the rings on them so I can follow them. Then uh, I also put GPS. I see them leaving Camargue, leaving France, going to Tunisia or going to Mauritania or going to Spain. And then I see them c coming back. Since it's been some years, I see some of the birds that were babies now having their own babies and see where their babies will go. So it's really a deep connection with, uh, with the animals. And one of my jobs, it's also when we are marking them, we are we have like, um, barrier where they are inside and uh, uh, one of my specialities is to stay with the birds and be sure they are calm, they are okay, that they are relaxed and uh, you really see their different personalities, it's so funny. Uh, you have some birds that are just looking at you like they are so mad and they try to, to take you with the bill and it's such a small funny bill so it doesn't do anything. Others just look at you curious, others come next to you, you release them and they still come next to you like uh, they just want to see. Some when they are waiting them it's, it seems like they are enjoying to be there. <laughs> it, it, it's really, you, you really see the, the personalities. The, the flamingos actually they are trying to see if the personality has an influence in their migration uh, pattern. Pa patterns or uh, if you will have an influence in their life. 
I hope one day I'll be able to do the same with the spoon wheels because they definitely have different personalities and yeah, I, I, it, it would be the spoon wheels. I have a big connection with them now. <laughs> So you are like Anka, yeah, like, you yeah, know, just yeah. you, you are, a, see, when they are born out and when they, uh, when they came back. I'm not a cat uh, lady, I'm so a bird but, uncle. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, I mean, this is stupid. No, no, uh, there's no stupid question. <laughs> recognize the, the birds recognize you, for example, uh, or it's a... Mm. I would say maybe if they stayed with me since they were babies, there are some bird species that can imprint on you. The spoonbills, I have no idea, but uh, I, I doubt it because uh, I try to minimize to a maximum the time I'm with the birds, not to disturb them. They, they are still wild, wild animals. So, uh, and usually when I'm close to them, I'm with my camouflage or I'm in the water in the small, inside a small box, they can't really see me. They just see me when I go to the nests and the adults, they live. I'm just with the chicks and uh, yeah, so it, it, I, I don't think they'll recognize me. <laughs> I, I had a question, but you, you just answer a little bit about fun facts about wetlands. But I think so. You took a lot of stories, but maybe you have uh, nice fun facts about about this this specific ecosystem from the wetlands itself, or that happened with me or with people. If generally, <laughs> okay, uh, I'll tell you about an experience I have with uh, in in my work and with wetlands, and it's the moment I hate wetlands the most, and the moment I love wetlands the most. So it's in winter, uh, we have around uh, 200 spoonbills that stay in Camargue. The, these are called residents because they stay all year in the, the, the same uh, wet one. It's, it's really hard to read the rings. Uh, so we put the rings to ID them and it's really hard. You need to be less than 300 meters from them. And uh, mm -hmm. if they see you, they fly away. So the only way to approach them it's uh, to go during the night. I wake up like at three in the morning, I drive to the wetland, then I go inside the wetland and uh, I need to walk for one hour, two hours in the in the mud. It's quite hard to walk in the wetland because of, of, the, <laughs> of the mud. I need to cross water, uh, yeah, yeah, all the vegetation. And remember, it's winter, so it's quite cold and quite uh, dark. It's it, it's crazy. And then I need to hide in the place. And uh, sometimes I wait uh, more than two hours for the sunrise. So you are just there in the cold waiting for them. And uh, most of the times uh, the sun comes and the birds are not there <laughs> because uh, it's so big. So it's really lucky for uh, some of those 200 animals to stop in front, in front of you. It's, it requires a lot, a lot of uh, planning and a lot of work. So it's really frustrating to do all of that and it doesn't work. So especially when you are in the cold waiting. But the other thing is when the sun comes and uh, uh, depending on the spot, it can really, the sunrise can be in front of you. And even if the spoonbills are not there, there are the flamingos, there are the abosets, there, 
the they are other uh, weather birds it's it's beautiful it's really amazing it's like out of a painting or of a movie seeing that beauty natural beauty in front of you it makes all the effort uh, worth and uh, if you are lucky and the spoon wheels are actually there and you see the rings then wow it's 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 really perfect you that's what i say to the volunteers that work with me you just need one good day to make all the winter worth it Okay, I, I have a bad dog. It's like the sniper, you know? <laughs> you just, I'm sorry for this yeah. bad dogs, very bad taste. But the one uh, last question is how we can follow you. Uh, I mean, you've engaged in, in Westland, but you mm -hmm. can also tell a little bit because uh, you sometimes share about spoonbills, how we can also like, uh, again, yeah. also follow the, the birds. So you can, about these two things, how we can follow or maybe donation. Uh, you've engaged in uh, in Fetlands, <laughs> yes. For me, uh, sometimes I'm more active than others in social media. At the time, I'm not very active, but you can follow me in Instagram or in Twitter. For you to engage in Wetlands, uh, we have a Facebook page, uh, Twitter, we have a website. We are actually looking for more people to join. Uh, so you can apply to some of our positions as well. We also have a newsletter uh, and we try to regularly sh uh, share opportunities like the youth forums or uh, other uh, webinars or even just uh, stuff uh, about uh, wetlands. And uh, for the spoonbills, you, you can also share, uh, uh, you can also follow Tour de Bala website or Tour de Bala social media. And uh, I created a fun um, citizen science project where people can go to Zooniverse and uh, the photos, uh, we put cameras in the colonies and uh, next to the nest and people can see the photos from those cameras and see the birds in the nest, see the birds with the babies, with the eggs, and they can help us to look for the rings and to write the rings so we can ID the birds and find out which birds are there. It, it's, it's quite nice. The, the project actually just ended like two weeks ago. We saw all the photos, but we are planning to do a new edition with the photos of uh, 2022 and uh, it will be great to have everyone help and uh, you could see a little more about the Spoonbill life. Thank you so much for today's meeting and I hope um, our listeners can follow for this project and we will see more, uh, I think so, uh, people who are friendly to wetlands and uh, looking for the uh, spoonbills, yes? Spoonbills. Yes, yeah, spoonbills. That's correct. So thank you again, thank you so much and we will see in the new episode soon. See you. Mm -hmm.